Welcome to Monkey Off My Backlog, the podcast where we exercise our pop culture demons by tackling our media to-do lists one week at a time. All right, we're back for the second part of the first part of our Oscar discussion. So we'll jump right back into it. On Monday, we talked about the first four Best Picture nominees. Today, we will talk about the remaining six. Our next movie on the list is totally just about identical to Drive My Car. It is (laughs) Denis Villeneuve's update of the classic 1984 David Lynch film, Spice Wars. No, that's not right. Oh, okay. Uh, The 1977 George Lucas film, Spice Wars? No. A remake of the 1997 film, Spice World? No. Okay. So (laughs) why don't you talk about it then? So Dune is based on the first part of the classic and historically extremely difficult to adapt 1965 Frank Herbert novel about an aristocratic boy who may or may not be a messiah that is set just before a centuries-old feud reignites. That's the best summary I could come up for with this film. I love this film because podcasting is a visual medium. I have to hold up my tattoo, which is Fear is the Mind Killer, which I've had for years. And while and while Denis did not uh, make his arrival at a Best Director nomination, nice. <laughs> he was... Just wait till Licorice Pizza, friends. He uh, Nominations for Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Original Score, Production Design, Film Editing, Visual Effects, Sound, Costume Design, and Makeup and Hairstyling. This is a production movie, which... We did a movie, typically, you guys. Typically, sci-fi tends to dominate these types of categories in terms of just nominations, not necessarily winning them. But who did we start with last time? Uh, let's just start with me this time so okay. I can get out of the way. Yeah. Meh. Now, Megan, what did you think? <laughs> Okay, well, I'll say I was going into Dune and I was like, this is based off a book for boy nerds. And then I left (laughs) Dune and I'm like, okay, that was pretty sick. So I actually really liked Dune, which I found kind of embarrassing, but I've just uh, learned to uh, adjust. And I like when Jason Momoa fights with two swords. I think Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet are very pretty people like to see them in the movies i i pretty much was just like yeah it's, i'm pretty good <laughs> ship go rebecca ferguson great cheekbones oh, i'm just happy to be here <laughs> she is she is wonderful i wish this movie had gotten more acting nominations because i think that she just like every scene she's in dominates well the good I news is everybody but i know it's always and- yeah. And uh <laughs> and uh Oscar Isaacs has another shot at it, right? Right. Oscar Isaac. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm saying. Pretty people only in movies, I guess. But <laughs> I was Hollywood I, I is had not a, known I had a for that. Time. They could they could give it a shot. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, I don't let's let's just think about it. Not every movie needs to have all pretty people, but I think every once in a while you should commit and have no uggos. So they really went with it with Dune. <laughs> yeah, no, this this movie is visually, I mean, yeah, went all in on the visuals on this one. I just, Jack, before we throw to you, I just want to point out that um, I think my, my, my Tessa branded hottest take on this movie is 
It's not too late to cast Sting in his original role. It's not too late, you nope. guys. No, he could still play Fade Ralpha, who was not introduced <laughs> exactly in the first movie. Exactly the same way. Don't no even notes. don't even de-age him. Just have no. him be the way he looks now in the uh what what is it even the the costume he wears at the end yeah, where it's and, like a and, jock and, strap well, basically. You know, unlike the first movie, unlike unlike the first time he did Dune, for a for a movie that's based in like a desert, right? He also has a song called Fields of Gold that he could use now. Jack, what did you think about Dune? <laughs> okay. Holding up, right. holding up a 4K said. copy of Dune for because those of you. podcasting is a visual medium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I read the book, I guess, 20, fall of 2019, and I definitely struggled um, with the book, but I definitely could see me like in the movie more just it seemed like a better better visual story for me than the reading it um i think now if i read it after seeing the movie it would probably cook a little better but um i was uh and i arrival is one of my favorite movies of all time so i was had high hopes but was going to be cautious didn't because i've been let down by trailers before and I came out super excited, immediately wanted the second part, still waiting for it. I texted friends of the show, Melissa and Elise, a silly phrase related to it, and now have made it into a t-shirt. So the fact that I made a Dune-inspired t-shirt kind of just says it all about how much I really enjoyed this story and looking forward to seeing what happens in the sec- second part, even though I know what happens in the second part. Uh, if they actually make the TV show like spinoff, I will be watching that. So I'm excited to continue in Denise's version of Dune. Oh no. We lose them again. Uh, hey, Megan, real quickly, point of clarification. You haven't said, we haven't arrived at your favorite for the award yet, have we? Um, No. We haven't. Okay, okay. I, I didn't think so. I don't <laughs> I, I was actually like, did I miss it? I don't think I did. I, I've so. been coming. I've been. Uh, I've. I've been going back and forth between drive my car and. Uh, we'll we'll discuss. We'll, get we'll, get, we'll, we'll discuss. Get there. All right. <laughs> um. I, I I will say. Uh, maybe if uh, male writers described their characters as looking like Oscar Isaac, I'd be more interested in reading more of them. Fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> Got to cater to the female gaze too. Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, sorry, every every time you say female gaze, I'm like I know what you're thinking when I, I say I'm that. I'm like Zoe Kravitz and Batman, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Megan, have you seen that movie yet? Uh, hello, have you met my brand? I <laughs> did I'm you hear so earlier mad. when I was talking about sexy people only? I they am... cast Colin Farrell as the ugly guy. Yeah, I saw the movie Tessa. <laughs> I am so angry that I loved it. Anyway, Jack, <laughs> we will discuss more another later. Time. Another but... time, we'll talk about the Batman during next year's Oscar roundup. <laughs> Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, Jack, you were, I think, talking about visual storytelling in Dune when you cut off. So, so I loved Arrival, and I loved the trailer for this movie, and so I was excited, but then I've been burned by trailers before, so I was cautiously optimistic, and I came out of the movie super excited, 
eager for the second part, texting friends of the show, Elise uh, and Melissa, a silly phrase related to the movie that I now have turned into a shirt that says more spicy worms, which I fully plan to wear to the second part because I want more of those spicy worms. <laughs> I yes. will be... If they make this spinoff TV show for HBO, like they say they might, I will watch that. I will watch anything that exists at the Denis Dune universe. I'm so glad that you mentioned Villeneuve because I think he makes very pretty movies. Like he does a really good job in every movie that he does making something that feels like a real world that people live in, right? Even though it's got like strange and just like bizarre but beautiful imagery it still feels like people live there i was not a huge fan of blade runner 2049 i didn't really like that movie because i thought it was more a style over substance i did not feel that way about dune i felt like i understood a lot of the characters just from the visuals even and the way that he uses the production to tell this story i thought worked really really well i liked how he interpreted some of frank herbert's more uh philosophical things from the books into a story that actually made sense I mean, and I'm a huge fan of the novel originally, so it was really nice for me to actually see all these characters fully realized in this way. And I also just really love it when sci-fi movies get at least nominated for Best Picture. Usually they're relegated to production design. Uh, I think that was really true until a few years ago when Shape of Water obviously won the award. And so it's just really nice to see movies like this make it into the top tier, even if we know Man. that they don't generally tend yeah. to win. It really feels like if this was the 10th movie, right. You know, that they wouldn't yeah. have the odd, you know, be like, Oh, it just didn't make the cut. I'm sorry. Well, but, what was the cut? We'll write about this. Right. But the acting <laughs> is really good. And sometimes when you have big ensemble casts like this, of all these pretty people, sometimes they can kind of clash with each other in terms of performances, but I felt like all of them worked really well together. Like in Don't Look Up. Yeah, like maybe in <laughs> another movie that we talked about. Yeah, so production design, great. I'm sure... Justice for Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think this will win Best Picture, as, as has been mentioned, but I think it probably will pick up some production awards, for sure. I think it will be the biggest, like win the most awards yeah. of any movie um, I think, yeah, I don't think it will win Best Picture, especially since they're now making a second part. I think if they're going to reward it, it would come in the second part, uh, Return of the King. I don't even know if it will get there, but I don't think it will win this year. I would be very happy if it did, but I don't think it will. But I think it will. I think Denis not getting a director nomination, which is still wild to me, is the biggest indicator it will not win Best Picture. But I think it will win a lot of technical awards that we will not see on TV. Yeah. So, so far we've talked about Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, and Dune. I don't think that I have heard anyone's pick for Best Picture yet. Am I, am I incorrect in that? I know, Megan, we haven't heard yours yet. Jack, is it still coming? <laughs> Drive my car. I mean, Drive My Car was my second favorite film of 2021. So I guess by default that would be. I don't think that's going to win. So are you asking what's going to win or who we want? To uh, win? Who's going to win? Have we gotten there yet? I've heard like I'm kind of warming up to the co- 
I've been, I'm going to see how the next couple of weeks go, but I'm kind of warming up to the fact that Coda could pull it off. Ah, okay. Coda does have some things going for it, I yeah. will say. I don't think, it's not my pick to this win, is, but this yeah. This is a very, I mean, the more and more we talk about it, I think Megan's observation was really good that, you know, weird things can happen when you actually have 10 movies to vote on and some pretty strong movies. And the preferential, or uh, the rank out. Yeah, I do have to say that compared to some previous years where I've watched all of the Best Picture nominees, this is a strong year. I don't like all the movies on this list, but it's there's definitely more wins and more strong films than there are losses or meh movies for me. All right, so let's see how you guys feel about the next one, which is a sports biopic, but it's not the blind side, and that's something. (laughs) King Richard, brought to screen in part by executive producers Venus and Serena Williams, the film documents how Richard Williams did what he had to do to make sure his daughters became tennis royalty and that Serena Williams will always be the bane of Tom Brady's existence. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot be serious. Should this movie have been nominated for Best Picture? Is it? Is it? Is it? What is it? Is it anything, Jack? I think it makes sense as a Best Picture nominee when you have to have 10 nominees. I There are other movies I would have put above it, but I am not surprised that this is where the Academy voters went. Um, it's known people. They do love a good sports movie, especially like one where they know the outcome. I think Will Smith definitely gives one of his best performances ever. I wouldn't say his best, but I would say one of his best. And I think... Will Smith will probably win Best uh, Actor. Again, it's probably one of those things where he probably deserved it for another role, Mm. but him winning for this one, I can't be too upset about compared to other times that's happened to actors. It tells a good story. I mean, it's definitely not all of the true story, but these kind of movies are never 100% true, so just have to take for what it is. It's not my least favorite movie of the year, but it's definitely not my favorite of the nominees. So real quickly, I left out the fact that, as you said, Will Smith is nominated for Best Actor, uh, Anjanu Ellis, Best Supporting Actress, Zach uh, Braylon uh, for Screenplay, also Film Editing, and Beyonce for Best Song uh, for Be Alive. Jack, you said just a minute ago. A couple of minutes ago, you said that Drive My Car was your second favorite movie of the year, and there were films you liked better than this one that were nominated. Now you got to tell me, what are we talking about? The Green Knight, for uh, sure. Yeah, I will always. Yeah, the Green Knight should have been, even if it wasn't Best Picture, the Green Knight should have been nominated for some movies, uh, some categories this year. Yeah, I just I would I know we're going to keep on disagreeing about Don't Look Up tonight but definitely that one i could have easily booted for something i would have kept king richard and booted don't look up for other things i could live with that like i said i could like the movie but i certainly shouldn't win megan king richard i mean i think this is i've just been so conditioned by the oscars for there to be some biopic that where the performance is stronger than the movie as a whole so you know i will not resent will smith his whim here but i i thought the movie was 
uh, you know, a little less interesting. I would have maybe preferred it if there was a little more focus on uh, Venus or Serena as opposed to the dad. I understand that, you know, Richard really, you know, got them into a lot of rooms that they, you know, needed to be in. But all, all the stuff for me that was most interesting was kind of, uh, you know, showing how uh, the tennis uh, the tennis part of it, I guess. So uh, also not my number one, not my first to be booted, probably not my second to be booted. Um, you know, uh, ones that I would have slid in this list of 10. I really love tick, tick, boom and worst person in the world. Those would have been some for me, but yeah, I'm getting thumbs up from Jack. Uh, <laughs> we, we have not watched either of those as we're recording this. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll have watched them by the time we talk about the next week, but it's exciting. It's making me look forward to both <laughs> yeah. of those even more now. So I actually really liked King Richard. I don't think that it's going to win, nor do I think it should win. And I was surprised by how much I liked it because I usually, I was surprised by how much I liked it because usually like you, I, I don't like biopics, but I kind of expect that there will be one usually in, in the Oscars and I also don't like sports movies usually because I just it's not something that I identify with. And I even though I read romance novels, I often find them very formulaic and I just don't really connect with them in a way that I think you're supposed to. Or I think a lot of people do. And that's not putting down sports movies. It's just they're not my favorite genre. This one I really liked because it had a really clever inversion of the usual beats of the sports film, because usually there are when you're watching a sports film, you can be like, OK, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And then at the end, they're going to win against impossible odds. That doesn't happen at the end of this movie. And there is a lot about tennis and a lot about what does it mean to be the best and how do things like class and race play into what we see as the best? And so I I appreciated the ways in which they played with the genre of the sports film in this. Again, I don't think it's the best on this list. I don't think that it, you know, I mean, we could argue about whether it belongs in the in the best picture category or not, but I liked it more than I liked Don't Look Up and I liked it more than I liked Belfast. I thought it was doing something really interesting with the genre work here. Tessa, do you know what an open stance is after having watched this movie? Yes, I do. That's the other thing. <laughs> is that I don't actually know that much about tennis, so I feel like I learned a lot about tennis while watching this. I also learned a lot about Serena and Venus Williams, who... I honestly didn't know that much about. And so it was interesting. I didn't know they had sisters. I didn't know, like, I didn't know any of that information. So that was all very fun stuff to learn. Next is the only film that is not widely accessible to everyone who did not want to go to a movie theater during the Omicron wave. Uh, we have still not seen Spider-Man No Way Home for the same reasons. So we'll just talk about this very briefly. Licorice Pizza. After years of collaborating with the Heim sisters, the days are gone of Paul Thomas Anderson not casting them in his films. Anderson has something to tell you in this coming-of-age period drama that has Alana Heim playing against newcomer and mattress man progeny Cooper Hoffman. Women in Music Part 3. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know how to work that album title in. Uh, so this, so Paul Thomas Anderson is nominated for directing in this movie. He is also nominated for having written the screenplay. Bradley Cooper, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, and Benny ha Safdie are all in this movie. And the only other thing that I want to say 
right now because I know Jack hasn't seen it is that this movie is inspired by two things. One, by actually seeing that image at the beginning of a high school student hassling the uh, the photographer's assistant. You know, like, this guy's going to get nowhere with this girl, right? So that very beginning image from the film. And Gary Getzman, who is a producer of Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia, and That Thing You Do, and co-founded Playtone with Tom Hanks after That Thing You Do, he is the kid from the film. Like okay. all the crazy stuff that he does, that's real. So it's it's really interesting taking this biography and grafting on this uh, story <laughs> <laughs> about the relationship that Alana Heim and Alana Heim's character and Cooper Hoffman's character who's have. named Alana, right? She all the all the Heim. Family, all three sisters and the parents are in the movie. Um, They're all using their their real names. It's great. Without saying too much about it, there's discourse about this movie. I think there's the fact that this movie cannot possibly win, nor should it, because it's not really his best work. Megan, any quick thoughts about Licorice Pizza? Yeah, I won't go too deep into it either. I'm a long, long time Paul Thomas Anderson stan. This is not my favorite of his uh, this isn't my favorite recent of his. I was a big Phantom Thread uh, uh, so pro- good proselytizer. Um, so I mean, I I very much enjoyed this, um, but I you know it's it's also not my number one on this list or uh, my number one on Paul Thomas Anderson movies. So uh, I won't say much more. <laughs> what did you think of Cooper Hoffman? Which we have. We haven't talked about him. Yeah, the whole concept of getting Paul Thomas Anderson's son, or I'm sorry, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, uh, made me, you know, very emotional. Uh, I thought he was really good. I'd, I'd be interested to see him, you know, doing something else, working with someone else. I think this, uh, you know, either he's very good or this plays into his strengths very well. So. We'll see. He reminds me of his dad, though, yeah, and that made me really emotional yeah. watching him. They're both because he look he looks like him. Yeah, yeah, and it's very similar, like physicality in a lot of ways. It's I don't know. It it, it was crazy. I I can't wait till you see this, Jack, to hear what your opinions are. I mean, we're not going to dip into the discourse about this movie, but uh, you know, I have no problem with this movie. The acting is very good. There's a lot of running. There's a lot of yeah. running. A lot of running in this movie. Unlike the Murakami film that we right. talked about earlier. So, yeah. So the last, very last thing I want to say before we move on is I just want to tell you guys about a time in 2014 in Dallas at the House of Blues when Alana Haim and I made significant eye contact. Mm. That is a true story. That happened. And I'm sure she remembers. She's very it proud of this. Uh, <laughs> you specifically yes. posted up on her side of the stage. I in did. Hopes that I that did. I have some videos from that. I was super close. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Without seeing it, I wouldn't be surprised though if PTA pulled off a best original screenplay. I think that's the only one that's perhaps likely. Yeah. I, I think you're right. By the way, all the gifts from this movie will be of Alana Heim. <laughs> Without spoiling anything, there are some very, very gifable moments with her in it. 
I think this movie definitely does make up for. Please don't ever adapt another Pynchon novel, PTA. Please just don't. Um, all right. Oh, so, and I will say excellent screaming at your sister representation in this movie. Oh, yes. Uh, as someone who uh, grew yes. up. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, there's free so Pepsi. <laughs> that was my, I've been like saying that the entire time, but there's free Pepsi. SD and Danielle are great as well. I. It's just a great, great. We're looking forward to seeing them later on this year. Hooray. Nightmare Alley. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro representation. Guillermo del Toro readapts the 1946 novel of the same name, lending his signature brand to create a neo-noir film that owes as much to Todd Browning as it does to Howard Hawks. Hey, look, Bradley Cooper and Ron Perlman again. <laughs> this film, Guillermo del Toro does not get the nomination for Best Director, but does... Uh, get his movie nominated for cinematography, costume design, and production design. Pretty movie with pretty people doing not pretty things. I really dug it. This is the most recent of the Best Picture nominations that I'd seen for the first time. Um, I thought I'd seen the original sometime last year, um, and I thought this was a good adaptation of, from what I understand, the book. They're slightly different than the other movie um i thought the acting was well done the i think all the nominations are well deserved for this movie um i don't know if it will end up winning anything but i definitely think it's well deserved um this is my preferred cape Blanchett performance of 2021 <laughs> it's a great performance this has cape Blanchett and tony collette i'm a little disappointed my my the carol reunion was Shorter than I had hoped, but <laughs> a boy can dream. It was interesting to see a Guillermo del Toro movie, but doesn't really do much in the supernatural world for once. Yeah, it, it doesn't really at all because the whole point is that he's a he's a con artist, right? That he's it's not real, which I think is really interesting. What did you think about this movie, Megan? Uh, yeah, I actually, I thought I might be the lone Nightmare Alley defender here, so I'm glad that Jack enjoyed it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we really Gas liked it. Okay, movie. I loved I Nightmare it. Alley. I thought, I thought it surprising <laughs> it wasn't getting as much attention. I'm a big Del Toro gal. Um, you know, even just, uh, Sam, you name-dropping uh, Shape of Water earlier in the show, I was like, remember when Shape of Water won Best Picture? What an insane world we live in. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I really enjoyed Nightmare Alley. I... I think, you know, I, I I can understand where people might not see it as like super marketable in 2021 because it is like so retro noir and maybe I just have a affinity for that type of film. Um, but I just kind of loved, I mean, you know, it's a, a little gorier than anything Hawks would have ever done. It's a little messy. And then that last Cooper scene, I was just a sucker. So uh, great cast, great movie. Uh, still not my number one, but uh, I, I would put it higher higher than a lot of other stuff. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon is doing some great work <laughs> in this movie. I uh, And he did great work in Licorice Pizza. We should also just mention that really quickly, even though he's obviously only in a couple scenes of Licorice Pizza. But if this movie, if Nightmare Alley had, if it wasn't up against Dune, I think it would take a lot of the production design awards. Guillermo del Toro is just, 
his production design is immaculate. Like it, it always has been even in movies like Crimson Peak, which not as many people liked. I loved that movie, but in the, even in movies like that, you can see some really wonderful production design. By the way, I don't know if any of you have ever read any like interviews with Guillermo del Toro, but this movie is what the inside of his house looks like. Like literally this is what the inside of his house looks like. He has all of these like antique like circus horror, like creepy, creepy antiques all over his house, just like everywhere. And so that I was like, this is his house in a movie. Yeah, I'm hoping this one walks away with production design. I I think that's where it's at. I also really love horror movies that tell you what's going to happen at the beginning of the movie and then follows through. Like, and I'm not talking about like, I, I mean, I like movies with a twist. Sure. But like, I like the inevitability of this yeah. movie. Like the idea that, you know, from the beginning, what's going to happen. Spoilers. Like he becomes the man in the cage. Right. But you're the whole time like him. You're just like, maybe he won't. It's very much you hear your life prophesize and you do everything you can to not make that happen. But of course, inevitably it does. <laughs> Yeah, this reminded me of The Prestige as well, kind of in that inevitability, which is a film I I mention a lot in this particular genre. But yeah, I thought this was a great film. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I'm I'm sensing something. And as we're drawing to the last two movies on the list, the big kids are here. (laughs) It's really the two movies that seem to matter. Right. So... Out of those last two movies, the first is The Power of the Dog. Jane Campion tries to make Oscar magic again, this time without Anna Paquin. Eggs Benedict Cummerbund plays the grumpiest cowboy ever in a film that Sam Elliott has called the best film of 2021. (laughs) Oh my God. This movie has it all. Jane Campion nominated for director Jane Campion Nominated for Adapted Screenplay, Screenplay, Eggs Benedict. Nominated for Best Actor, Jesse Plemons. Friday Night Lights represent for Supporting Actor. Nightcrawler, Cody Smith-McPhee for Best Supporting Actor. Kirsten Dunst. You love it when the family gets nominated for an Oscar together. Cinematography, film editing, Radiohead's own Johnny Greenwood for Original Score. P.T. Anderson is proud of him, I imagine. Production design and sound. Never has a movie I disliked so much been nominated for so many awards since the last time it happened. <laughs> Are we starting with Megan this I, time? I don't know. Somebody start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, okay. So, wait. Two Sams agree on this movie, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to make it very clear. Neither one of us liked this movie, but not for the reasons that Sam Elliott disliked yes, this of course. movie. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, gay cowboys are fine. I wish I could quit them, but it's fine. <laughs> All right, Megan, you start. What did you think of Power also, of the Dog? I very much enjoyed Power of the Dog, so I'm here to fight with both of the Sams um, on, their, on their blatant homophobia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Never have I wanted somebody to be on my team so much, but not for this <laughs> <Yeah>. fight. <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, no, I mean, I think, uh, so this is, this is what I think, this is my pick for what I think is going to win best picture at the, at time yeah. of recording. Um, I think, it, you know, given its many nominations, I think it has, I, I think the Sam Elliott thing is only helping, uh, <laughs> That's with true. uh the that power of the dog's true. uh trajectory and story um you know uh sam elliott is very bold to say that this isn't what it was like in the american west when he grew up in sacramento and uh you know the <laughs> not this time period <laughs> Personally, I find his accusation, too, where he was like, this was shot in New Zealand and she's calling it Montana. And it's like, you do know that most Westerns were originally shot on sound stages and the California desert, right? Also, they made New Zealand look like Middle Earth. They they, could do anything. Also, Montana doesn't look like it used to. (laughs) Right. Classically, Westerns do not have a travel budget. So, yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it's just. Yeah, the whole thing is, uh, you know, I, we don't need to talk more about Sam Elliott on this, but um, I, I mean, <laughs> ma- basically, I really enjoyed. I was, I was not familiar with the story. I know it's adapted from a novel that I had not read. Um, I just, I thought Cody Smith McPhee and such. I mean, so many like really quiet performances that I thought were so excellent. I am a big time Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst as a couple fan. Loved seeing them on uh, on film together. Um, and both getting nominees or nominations is, you know, uh, a beautiful thing. Benedict Cumberbatch. I have a complicated relationship with Benedict Cumberbatch. I feel like sometimes, uh, he, he tends to either do like something that I expect from him. I guess I'll say like the Sherlock thing or whatever he's doing against that type is a little too overdone. I enjoyed this in a weird way, even when, uh, you know, the internet's all making fun of Bronco Henry and how campy all that was. Um, but uh, I, I enjoy the power of the dog. I, I, I historically have enjoyed Jaden Campion's work. I, I just think as far, this isn't my favorite of the list. This isn't uh, probably, it's probably not my top three personal choice, but it's the one that I think is, is on the path to winning as of, you know, what is it? March 6th. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is is Megan right? Is this one gonna win? I I think it's either this one or Coda's probably. I think this will probably win. If it doesn't, then I would say likely Coda. I think the big indicators of it getting all the nominations. So lots of different um, branches really liked it. Um, the fact that I don't think many people thought Clements would even get a nomination. Like many people expected Cody to be nominated and probably win. I don't think he'll win as much anymore because of Jesse being in there. But the fact that Jesse got enough votes to get in there just kind of shows that enough people really like this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of goodwill for. Definitely goodwill. I definitely think that Sam Elliott did not hurt the movie like he may thought he uh, was going to with his Marin appearance since. No, I've not seen many people agree with him, except for you, Sam. There yeah. we go. And there he is. So you made fun of me, and the internet said <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cinematography is gorgeous. 
And the cinematographer is the same one that did Spencer and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So she uh, she definitely knows how to shoot a movie. And I hope, I'm glad to see she's only the second woman to ever be nominated in that category, which is outrageous. But I, she's definitely going to be one I keep an eye out for and see what projects she does. Um, and it made me want to go to both New Zealand and Montana. And I'm excited to I put the a hold on the book to read because I've heard it goes a little more in depth to the characters. I'm cur- curious to learn more. Um, so it's definitely a movie that at first, like I had it on the lower tier of my top 25, which considering how many move, 2021 movies I saw, it was still high, but um, I think it's a movie that if I saw again, I would probably rise in my estimation of it. So for me, I actually fall more in Sam's camp. This was the personally the bottom of my like personal feelings about these movies. I, I think this was even lower than Don't Look Up for me, mainly because I didn't really feel any kind of connection to any of the characters. I didn't feel like there was a really good end to this movie. Like I didn't really understand a lot of the characters' motivations. I thought the performances were fine. I thought that the cinematography was beautiful, like you said, Jack. I don't really feel like this is a stretch for Benedict Cumberbatch acting-wise. Like I just feel like this is more of what we've seen before. Uh, to me, the point of this movie seemed to be that gay men can be toxic, like can have toxic masculinity too, which Brokeback Mountain already told me and which I actually felt like was a much better movie than this. But you know what? I like representation. If you want to make all of the, all of the movies about this, some of them aren't going to be great. in in my opinion, I thought it was fine. It just wasn't a movie that I really connected with a lot. I will say that I think the reason this movie is so popular and getting so much attention is because we have a real dearth of romantic thrillers that have been coming out over the last like couple of decades. Like I feel like that really ended in the nineties, at least for the most part, bring back the romantic thriller, like give me a lot more of them. I think that people really were invested in this movie because it gave them a taste of a genre that hasn't really been very popular for a while. I'd love to see more of, of this this particular genre and and you can set at any time period i will i will watch it it'll be great but i think that's honestly why people have been as paying more attention to this because other than that i didn't really see a lot of attraction to this movie but now that you've now that you've reminded me jack that it's based on a book perhaps the book would help me with my character problems a little bit more but yeah pretty movie it just wasn't a movie that particularly appealed to me you know it strikes me in in talking about these first nine movies that it's been, it seems like a really good year overall. Like it's been a, it's been a fun time. You know, there are movies each of us don't like, and most of them are the same movies. I, I find myself as, as somebody who is, I'm, I'm not as deep into the no as you two are, you know, as somebody who's watched the Academy Awards for years and years and been keeping up with the nominations I can't help but think this year is going to end up like another year in recent past. So this is the last movie, West Side Story. The Jets and Sharks are at it again. Ansel, baby driver Elgort, trades in Julius Caesar to try his hand at Steven Spielberg's remake of the film adaptation of the musical 
that's based on Romeo and Juliet, now without brown face. Steven Spielberg is nominated for director. Ariana DeBose for Best Supporting Actress, Cinematography, Production, Sound, Costume Design. This is La La Land, and it's actually going to win this year. See, I think, too, I'm leaning towards West Side Story. I think The Power of the Dog has a real chance at it as well. I do agree with you, Megan and Jack, but I do. I feel like West Side Story has gotten a really big push, especially in the last couple of weeks since it's been on Mm -hmm. HBO Max. And I also feel and Disney Plus and Somehow Disney Plus. It was on two streaming services. I also feel like this is a movie that, again, it's got a lot of like classic Hollywood like prestige attached to it, but it's also as inoffensive, I guess, as Belfast is. <laughs> like it has like some really broad appeal to it that I'm I think might give it an edge, especially like you said with the uh with the voting process. I feel like there's a re- West Side story I think has a good chance of taking it this year too. Right. You know, Dawson's all-time favorite director did good. He made a movie that was good. Yeah. Jack, <laughs> what did you think of West Side Story? So I really enjoyed it. I actually rewatched this last night. Um, I thought Spielberg did a really good job with that um, adaptation, and there were like def- there were definitely some updates to the story to make it a, tw- a 2021 lens to the story in terms of some of the wording with and some of one, especially one character, the character of antibody uh, antibodies is update, um, kind of updated a little bit, definitely. Um, and then it was interesting to see the differences in the choreography between the original and different. Man, Ariana DeBose is a star, and we're all going to be watching her for a long time. She was definitely the big breakout for me because I, I also like Mike Feist as Riff. Um, he's someone that I was not familiar with at all before, it, and I hope he continues to act in movies and TV so I can see more of him since Broadway is not as accessible. Um, So I'm hoping that he doesn't want and done movies. He's kind of hinted at going both ways. So I'm hoping he does some more projects, even if it's not just uh, adaptations of Broadway performances. And I'm glad he chose this movie over doing the Dear Evan Hansen movie. Like they, he, are you familiar with the original? Had you seen it before watching this? What what was your original like attachment to it? So I'd, I'd, so I had seen it like as a kid and then like parts over the years. And then I rewatched it in November in preparation for this. And there are definitely, I've always had my issues with the both versions is Tony. Tony is definitely the weakest part of the musical. Yeah, Ansel Elgort is not doing his best work in this either, I think. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. But neither was um, neither was the person who played Tony in 1961. So it's not exactly anyone's fault. It's just the character is not as strongly written as the other characters. The songs are not... He does not get the fun songs. So, But definitely Mike Feist as Riff and Ariana DeBrose as Anita. And then... The change in from Doc to Doc's wife was an interesting adaptation change. I liked what they did with her, and they didn't just make it a one-for-one character. They 
adapted the story to make it more fitting of why she would care about what's going on in the neighborhood. So I thought it was very well done. It definitely rose in my estimation on the rewatch. It's still not my favorite musical of 2021, but I'm not surprised it did as well with the Oscar voters as it is doing right now. Yeah, I love Rita Moreno. She's clearly the best part of the original musical. And so it was, I knew she had a cameo or I thought she had just a cameo in West Side Story. And so it was really cool to actually see her play a character, like a fully realized character and have more than just one scene in this film and be like an important part of the film. I also will say that I think Rachel Zegler, who played Maria, was passed over acting wise. I think she was actually really wonderful. And the way she delivers those last lines, which are really powerful in the original, but they're even more powerful, I think, in in this version. It just chills up and down my spine. I think that was really wonderfully done. What did you think about the film, Megan? Yes. So um, West Side Story is actually my favorite musical. It was the first musical that I uh, stage managed at my high school. So I have a very long history with West Side Story and my love for it. I uh, love the original, of course. Um, so I was really excited about this. And I mean, I think all the things that worked for me were, I mean, just like the spectacle of it, um, you know, uh, I, this this Steven Spielberg guy, yeah, I guess he can kind of make a movie. Uh, <laughs> never so, heard of him. Um, no, he made a movie. Never he heard made of like him. a Peter I... Pan movie several decades ago. And <laughs> I've never heard of him again. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I saw Ready Player One. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> he got his start uh, <laughs> because he was a uh, friends with Stanley Kubrick. And when Kubrick died, he said the only person who could finish this movie was this unknown director named Spielberg. And so I I think that's actually how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think um, you know. Tessa, to your point, I think Rachel Zegler, I thought she was going to be kind of the big takeaway here. Um, you know, as someone who loves West Side Story, but has never really cared for any version of Tony, um, you know, to, to make a sandwich, you need a slice of white yep. bread, you know? Uh, <laughs> and Ansel Elgort was there. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I I don't think his lack of, uh, my lack of interest in Ansel Elgort did not color my opinion of the movie. Um, um, I definitely, I, I was excited about Rachel Zegler. I think she definitely arose to the challenge, but I think um, I knew nothing about Ariana DeBose or Mike Feist because, uh, you know, like Jack said, it can be very difficult to be super aware of every Broadway star there is that exists nowadays when you can't, you know, be in New York all the time. So uh, they they were the two that when I left, I was like, okay, this, this was excellent. But all in all, I just really loved the way it was kind of shot and the way it made me feel. But it's because I'm a big West Side Story softie. And that's fair. <laughs> I think one of the huge strengths for me about this movie was the way that he took the original choreography, but then did some really cool new things with the cinematography. So like you have like those really iconic set pieces, like the dance in the gym, which is almost beat for beat dance move from the original. Mm -hmm. He does not change the choreography of that very much, but you get the really cool overhead shots, the, the way the camera swings from the front to the back of the like, dancers. I, I found that really fascinating. Like this idea of like, no, the choreography is classic. We don't mess with that, but we are going to get, show it to you in a new way that just wasn't, I think, technically possible in the original film. Yeah, and 
to agree with you and Sam about this peaking at just the right moment. Like uh, last week, that was everywhere on Twitter where everyone's like, oh, you know, talking about West Side Story. And I was like, did we not all see this when it came out last year? It was another pandemic movie, uh, Omicron movie. And it's really, I think this is something that people need to be paying attention to. And um, I'm trying to remember who uh, Licorice Pizza, what studio that is. But take note. There is a right time to push your film onto streaming. And it is apparently about a month before the Oscars. Yeah, it's not about... like right before or right after, like it was before the pandemic. Like you want it right after the nomination. Yeah. You want it everyone to be like, oh, this movie got nominated, and then for everyone to be like, yeah, and in a week it'll be on who yeah. Exactly. So. I also I, I I was very surprised because I think besides the Omicron part of it, I put off watching this because I don't usually see the point in these kinds of reboots. Like I'm just like, I like the original. Why would I want to watch a reboot of it? Aren't you just gonna tell the same story? I was so pleasantly surprised by this because he delves way deeper into some of these characters. Some of the characters, even Tony makes way more sense in this version, like what he's doing and what his motivations are than he does in the original version of it as well. And just having the difference of Doc, the the character space that Doc plays being played by Rita Moreno, you know, just much more has the view of an audience member than, you know, Doc was kind of a little more of a passive character. Right. And Rita Moreno gets to sing in this, which seems like a final F you to the original where she wasn't allowed to sing. That was not her actual voice in the original. It's I thought this was really great. I think two of the most powerful songs in this are America and Officer Krupke, which talk about the same issue from two very different perspectives. Again, didn't think they could get better than the original, but they did. I I thought that the way that these two songs were positioned against each other, and he changes the order of some of the songs in a way that I think makes a lot yes. more sense. So yeah, I yes. again pleasantly surprised. Not often do I see a reboot like this, like a straight up reboot like this, where I'm like, yeah, this might be better than the original. But that's how I feel about this. To make something as like almost kitschy as like Officer Krupke work in like 2021. I love that scene. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first. The power of the dog will win best picture unless it doesn't. (laughs) Before we go, last, uh, last but not least, who is your pick for best director? We have Kenneth Branagh. We have Ryusuke Hamaguchi and Paul Thomas Anderson, Jane Campion, and Steven Spielberg. Jack, who's taking it? I think Campion. I would be very happy if it's Hamaguchi, but I don't know if they're going to go in Asian director for the third straight year, but I guess they would go. I'd be also happy if it's two women in a row. Could you see a Campion West Side Story split? In director and best picture? I could see it. I mean, it's definitely possible. I don't, I mean, yeah, it's hard to know how to, hard to read what West Side, West Side Stories uh, views within winning because it hasn't been winning too much. Right. It's just been picking up nominations. Yeah. Megan, director, who wins? I like when there's a split, so I'm going to say Hamaguchi in director and 
and then Campion Best Picture. That's really interesting because I feel like we're destined for a split this year. I feel like we are. I also feel like we're destined for a split. But this, I always think there's going to be a split. In the past couple of years, I've been denied. And I mean, as for as for going with, you know, an Asian director three years in a row, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, there was the year where it was Del Toro, uh, Roma, and then Quran and Quran and who did the Revenant? I in your In a read too. I'm not a big in head. Sorry, all. But uh, so you know, uh, the precedence is there for the foreign directors to do well. Um, and like, like I said, I feel like a lot of the times that'll be like the respect nomination, but then um, you know things get a little more crazy with never picture. never forget that Bon Joon Ho is probably has given the best Oscars acceptance speech of all time like I mean Bong Joon Ho is still the background of my <laughs> making, making his Oscars kiss, kiss so who's uh, winning best director uh I this one I haven't thought about as much as I've thought about best picture but i i tend to agree that i think it will be a split this year again like you said it feels a little inevitable i think there's a really good chance that jane campion walks away with it i would like hamaguchi to walk away with it but i think if it's not jane campion it'll be spielberg could this be the year we get the the first everyone's a winner year west side story (laughs) best picture campion best director drive my car best international Oh, that'd be interesting. That would I mean, be nice. it's a, it's basically like but three I, films winning for like best, you know, because yeah. director is kind of like a thing, de facto best picture, like a second one, almost. Yeah, I think we all, in a weird way, take Spielberg for granted. Like, of course, it's his skill and, you know, uh, everything that he did with West Side Story that has made it so popular and impressive. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we all agree Spielberg's a great director. So do we need to give him the nomination or the win? So sometimes I feel like that could work against him. But But then there's also the prestige of it, right? It's also kind of like, well we haven't given him an Oscar for a while. Like this is his best right. work in a long well, time. Then stop making He's an the institution. Post, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to know. <laughs> it's hard to know because I feel like there's a lot of mo- like any given year, there could be momentum and you just don't know which way it's going to go. Like we're acting exactly. like this is like a group of people who get together and have these conversations, but it really feels that I way know. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, there's there's also it's really great, too, because this isn't just a good year at the at the top of the ballot, if you will. There are really good nominations in in um, in the in the smaller guilds, you know, with the writing and the all the ones that got cut out of the award show, which, of course, I just want to point out they've tried to do it before and it didn't work last time. Fingers crossed all of them will be live by the time we get to the beginning of March. So, but come back next week because we're going to talk about all the, if you will, down ballot awards. It'll be great. We'll also get to talk about some of those movies we didn't get to talk about today. Tick, tick, boom. Worst person in the world. Bunch of others. It'll be a fun time. Being the Ricardos, which I have real opinions about. Aaron Sorkin strikes again. Jack, where can people find you online? <laughs> at on Twitter at Jack Treats Life, on Letterboxd as Jack Loves Cinema, 
Megan, where can people find you online? Yes, I am everywhere. Um, you know, uh, Twitter, letterbox.com uh, at spell Megan. Um, and also have a podcast of my own called On the Download. And that's on Twitter at on the underscore download. And we did a whole episode on West Side Story. So if you're a theater nerd, co- come hang out. <laughs> Tessa. You can find me on Twitter at Suela Tessa. Suela is spelled S-W-E-H-L-A. You can also find me on Monkey Off My Backlog sister podcast, Nanny Ogg's Book Club, where Nigel and I are reading through all 41 of Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. You can find that on Twitter at Nanny's Book Club and on Instagram at Nanny Ogg's Book Club. Just remember, guys, Megan doesn't have an H, but Suela does. send us your thoughts about the best picture and best director nominees what pop culture you crossed off your list lately what you'd like for us to talk about on future episodes or anything else that comes to mind find us on twitter and instagram at monkey backlog email us at monkeyoffmybacklog at gmail.com please rate review and subscribe on itunes follow us on stitcher amazon podcast google podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast we will join whatever branch of the academy you offer us Get that monkey off your back.